Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're not getting enough sleep, could it be bad for your finances? The author Daniel Pembry has been to stay at a Swiss sleep clinic to see how high-flying executives are attempting to cure their insomnia. Moneybox presenter Paul Lewis has been researching the unfathomable complexity of the UK tax system. Some comfort, perhaps, if you're struggling to complete your annual tax return. And finally, the adventurous investor considers investing in US small caps ahead of President Trump's inauguration this week. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, and I'll be giving you this week's money news in downloadable form. What is the cost of a bad night's sleep? There is an increasing body of evidence that not getting enough shut-eye could potentially be bad for our health, but could it also be bad for our bank balance? The writer Daniel Pembry, who himself survives on a mere six hours a night, has been investigating in FT Money this week. Daniel, welcome to The Money Show. Hello. So, a bad night's sleep could prove to be costly. Why? Well, it's known that poor sleep is linked to bad choices and decision-making. There's a Bill Clinton quote in which he said that every important mistake I've made in life I've made because I was too tired. A recent report by Rand Europe looked at the economic cost of lost sleep across five developed countries and equated it to 2 to 3% of GDP. So $50 billion in the case of the UK. They looked at reduced skills acquisition in adolescence, sickness, absenteeism at work and increased mortality, which didn't really fit with... (laughs) Well, it didn't really fit with my experience. But what did get my attention in this RAND report was the claim that those people getting less than six hours sleep a night face a 13% higher risk of dying than those sleeping for the recommended seven to eight hours. And that jump in mortality risk is due to links between insufficient sleep and the leading causes of death, i.e. cardiovascular disease, accidents and so on. Blimey, better make a will then. (laughs) (laughs) But so the the very wealthy, you know, chief executives who commonly survive on very little sleep and have got very active lives, they're prepared to pay to fix this problem, hence the existence of specialist sleep clinics. Now, you went on a press trip to one called Bad Ragaz in Switzerland. What did they do to you? (laughs) Well, I'd always got to bed around midnight and was finding that instead of being woken by my alarm clock at seven, I was starting to wake naturally around six. So I was getting six hours sleep or less. And there are well-known things we can do, switch off our phones, etc. But it's hard to change habits. And unlike with diet or exercise, we don't ordinarily 
get to see what's going on with our sleep. Mm. So I did go off to this sleep clinic and was filmed through an entire night of sleep. Indeed, 21 monitors were attached to me measuring brain activity, eye movement, breathing, heart, the lot. So there was good news. I, I got to sleep within 12 minutes and slept for seven hours total. But shockingly, I woke up 32 times. 32? So were you aware that you were doing this? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I mean, you know, I struggled hard to recall more than a couple of occasions. And it's linked to elevated stress levels in the latter stages of my sleep, discovered by measuring adrenaline release using my index finger. They also did a blood test, which showed me to have a moderate vitamin D deficiency. So you've been prescribed a different diet, lots of full fat dairy products. Well, yes, that bit I can certainly live with, and that has reduced my stress levels. But I think the first point to internalise is that we sleep for a third of our lives, or should, and any changes we can make can bring huge benefits. So the two things that changed after my session were, were the following. First, they explained how, as we get older, cortisol, which wakes us, is released earlier in the day. So got to get to bed earlier, which I knew, but it was the persuasiveness of the data I received there that finally forced the habit change. And yes, for the vitamin D deficiency, I think I can live with that prescription. Well, thanks very much there to Daniel Pembry. You can read his full write-up of the experience online now at ft.com slash money or in the money section of the FT Weekend newspaper this Saturday. If you're struggling to complete your tax return, having left it all to the last minute, then you have my sympathy. We all know that the British tax system is very complicated, but perhaps none more so than Paul Lewis, the journalist and BBC Moneybox presenter, who has been writing about just how complicated it really is this week. He joins me now on the line. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Claire. Well, you've been looking into the unintended tax traps in the UK system, where certain groups of people are stuck paying very high marginal rates of income tax. So firstly, tell us what is a marginal rate and why are there so many of them? Well, a marginal rate is the tax you pay on an extra amount of money. So you're happily working away, you get your pay, and then for some reason you get, let's say, another 100 quid. How much of that vanishes in tax? That's the marginal mm. rate. Now, I've been looking at this and I thought I'd find, you know, a dozen or so. I reckon there are at least 91 different rates of tax you might pay on that extra £100. And, you know, it could be anything from 38.1% to 64% to 74% to 90.36% and so on. Any number of them, 91 altogether, because you've got this combination of different rates of income tax, different rates of national insurance. There's different rates of uh, tax on dividends, for example. Mm. And then if you get child benefit, you have that taken away. If you work out all the different possible combinations, it comes to 91. Well, one group of people to suffer from a very high marginal tax rate are those who are lucky enough to earn just over six figures, £100,000 a year. Why is this? Well, once you reach £100,000, and I'm sure many people listening will think, well, chance would be a fine thing, but once you do reach 100000 then your personal allowance, this is the tax-free £11,000 we can all have before we start paying tax, that is taken away slowly. It's tapered off at the rate of £1 off the allowance for every £2 you earn. And that has the effect of boosting income tax from 40% 
to 60% at that level until the personal allowance disappears when you earn 122,000. And it's not just 60% you pay because there's national insurance on top of that, makes it 62%. And if you're repaying a student loan in most of the UK, add another 9%. So you can end up paying 71% of every extra £100 you get if you're in that £100,000 to £122,000 band. Well, I have to say, Paul, I'm glad I'm not in that one. But finally, those earning between 50 and 60,000 who have a very large family could also lose out. Why? Yes, well, indeed, any number of children really can add to the tax you pay because between 50 and 60,000, your child benefit is taken away by mm-hmm. a tax charge. It applies to the person with the higher income if you're in a couple. And if they earn between 50 and 60 or have an income between 50 and 60, part of the child benefit disappears. And that tax charge is around 11% for the first child and 7% for each other child. So with three children, you've got an extra 25% tax. And that, of course, is on top of other things. So add your higher rate income tax, add your 2% national insurance. If you've got five children, the charge is 39%. So then People with five children are looking at 81% of their income going. And of course, if they're repaying a student loan, it's 90%. If you've got eight children, you'd actually be better off not taking the extra 100 quid because your marginal rate is 103%. So in fact, you earn 100 quid and you end up three pounds worse off. Well, for all of those listeners out there who have eight children, you have to hear first. Thanks very much there. That was Paul Lewis. You can read his latest column online now ft.com slash money or in the weekend newspaper this Saturday and don't forget our free to read guide to completing your online tax return is also on our website at ft.com slash money if you need a little extra help to get you over the line. Finally, will the huge rally in US stock markets following the election of President Trump show any sign of abating following his inauguration this week? FT Money's adventurous investor, David Stevenson, has been considering his US investment strategy for the year ahead, and he joins me to spill in the studio now. Welcome, David. Hello, Claire. So you think that US small caps could be the one to watch this year. Talk us through your argument. Yes. Look, I mean, American stocks generally are pretty overpriced. OK, so we've got to be careful. Yeah. So I think that American equities have done phenomenally well. And a lot of people are expecting Trump to do amazing things. I'm not entirely sure he will do. But many of the things that he will do are likely to benefit those companies with a more domestic focus. He has a domestic focus. He's much less interested in the companies, the really big mega caps that sit in something like the S&P 500 that have operations in Mexico and operations in America, operations all around the world. Mm. He wants to bring jobs back to America. And whether or not you believe him or not, and that's a completely separate debate. If you believe what he says, and he's going to do what he says, he's attempting to effectively engineer a kind of domestic recovery, jobs-based recovery. And the reality of it is, is that that's likely to be extremely positive for more small to mid-caps companies, which are more domestically focused. Uh, they're likely to benefit from lower taxes. He's talking about reducing corporation tax. It's also highly likely that he's going to do the kind of traditional supply-side American Republican thing, which is cut taxes quite aggressively. He may start with the top-rate tax base, but I think he'll move to the middle classes quite quickly. And that will benefit domestic businesses very strongly. Whereas I think he might actually be seen to be quite, how can I say it, pugnacious when it comes to some of the really big names, particularly if they start threatening to move factories across the border. So I think that the domestic environment is probably quite conducive for more domestically focused companies. And let's be honest, the US economy in terms of wage growth is actually doing pretty well at the moment. We're seeing consumer spending picking up, and that's going to benefit sectors like the house building sector, the retailers and the states. So the backdrop to the domestic economy 
is quite strong. And what we know from stock markets is, is that they overreact on the way up and they overreact on the way down. So even though I might think that US shares are a bit pricey, it's quite possible they overreact on the way up and the companies most exposed to the upside, which are the American smaller companies, will do the best. And they about become stupidly overvalued as opposed to overvalued. Well, secondly, despite fears that President Trump could spark a trade war with mm. China, you're still very bullish about equities mm. in emerging markets. Explain yourself. Yeah, well, it's the law of unintended consequences, Claire. Look, I mean, Trump may say a whole load of things, but if you follow from my first point that he wants to expand the domestic economy and he wants to get wage, uh, jobs growth up, which is actually doing quite well anyway at the moment, but he wants to do more of it, guess what that will do? That will increase the trade deficit. That will make the dollar stronger. Now, the dollar stronger is bad news for emerging market businesses with lots of debt. It's actually good news for emerging market companies that export into America because their imports into America become much cheaper. And in fact, there's already some hard numbers that actually the more the dollar strengthens, the bigger the trade deficit goes, the more the Chinese, the Indians, the Indonesians, the Vietnamese can sell into America. That's good for those emerging economies. It makes the dollar stronger and makes the problem worse. And also, I think that one has to take with enormous pinch of salt what Trump says about China. Look, he's a, we all know by now he's a transactional-based guy. And he realises that as soon as Chinese start to sell their bonds on massive and do a bond strike and we won't buy any more bonds from the American government, he's in trouble. He's not going to be able to fund his plan. So he's going to pick his fights carefully. And the reality of it is if we were looking for the two strongest economies in the world at the moment, it, you'd be looking at China, which is recovering quite strongly, and the US, which has actually been recovering quite strongly for the last couple of years. So that I think it's actually quite conducive for EM equities, less so for EM debt. As I said, if you've got dollar-based debt, the strengthening of the dollar in the emerging markets is bad news. And finally, David, a year ago, mm. I hate to remind you about yeah. this, <laughs> but you were very bullish about the prospects mm. for oil companies. So, mm. Yes, I was supposed to be a bit bearish on the oil price. I thought it might go down to 20 bucks, and that didn't happen, so I was wrong on that. But I did think that we'd probably see the worst of the oil market in terms of the falls. I thought it might be a little bit lower, and then it would bounce back again. And the thing I did think, and I actually still do think, is, is that if you back those oil businesses or EMP businesses, exploration and production businesses, that have the best balance sheets and the most amount of cash, by default, you're back in the companies with the strongest business franchises. And on average, if you did took the, I think I talked about five stocks that had the strongest balance sheet in the best position, up about 60%. So you know, I don't claim to be any genius on that. I just think that anybody is sensibly minded, if they put them in that sector, thinking it might have seen the worst, could have done really rather well out of it. But yeah, that would have been a big play. And I still think it could be quite a big play this year, actually. Well, we'll see how you get on. Thanks very much there Pleasure. to David Stevenson, FT Money's adventurous investor. You can read his latest column online now, ft.com slash money. Have you got a story that you would like my money team to follow up or a question to pose to our team of financial experts? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us money at ft.com, tweet us at ftmoney or comment on our articles online at ft.com slash money. The Money Show will be back next Thursday at the usual time. Goodbye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.